everybody, and welcome back to episode nine. Wow. Of wow. Empty betters. Yeah, we're already we're already kicking. We're gonna be hitting double digits real soon. Pretty soon. Uh, this episode is presented to you by the Boston Bruins money line. I will explain later in the episode. Uh, but let's toss it off to my co-host Nick over here. Nick, how you doing? Doing well. How about you? You're hurting a little bit right now, aren't you? <sighs> I don't even want to do the intro right now. To be honest, <laughs> this is this is brutal. Uh, yeah, you know, had a couple weekend shenanigans again. Uh, Ended up going out in Federal Hill in Baltimore last night to a bar crawl with my friends from school and the girlfriend and her friends and all that. So, you know, needless to say, we started the night off with a 24-pack of Bud Light, and before we got to the pregame, it was already gone. Of course. uh, When you start the night off like that, it usually doesn't end too well. Uh, Lemon drop shots whenever you're starting to get a little feel good and you're like, oh, I can do it. And then you get that sugar sticky. It's literally just sugar. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, Got into that whole mess. Uh, You know, it's always interesting when you get your friends meeting up with uh, ladies that they used to talk to in school and i'll leave it at that so. always a pleasure yeah uh, <laughs> that was you? the halloween bar crawl right it was the halloween bar crawl i was it, an fbi agent nice um i started the night off with sunglasses a hat and an fbi jacket and i ended the night with no sunglasses no hat and the fbi on the back of my shirt was actually ripped don't know how don't know why so sounds about right it, i um yeah. I had a little bit more of a low-key weekend, but still had some fun. Went over to BC Brewing in Hunt Valley with some uh, some friends of mine, some uh, older SAE guys, which was nice. Uh, it's one, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's basically like it's their own brewery, and it's basically in a giant warehouse. And the way it works is you go up to like this little counter, and you put down like your credit card on the tab, and then they give you like a little white plastic credit card, and you go up to like they have like a wall of taps. And you put the credit card into the thing and then start pouring the beer. And based on, like, how many ounces you pour, that's how it charges you. It's kind of like frozen yogurt for beer. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a great so, idea. It's where a lot is, of fun. Where is that? In Hunt Valley. Valley. Where, like, where, what's it near? It's I'm, right next to that giant Napa Auto Parts that's over there. Okay. Um, so it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they had, like, tacos that night and nachos that night, which were incredible. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's nice because you can do like, it's like, oh, like this beer and they have them like all listed and like described. It's like, oh, that one sounds good. I want to try that. So you could pour like, you know, three ounces of that just to taste it. Or you could do what I did, which was just pour like a 16 ounce pour every time I went up there. <laughs> Let's get in one like right? Michigan exactly. Lager time. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Sounds good, buddy. Um, so let's catch up since the last episode of Empty Betters. I don't know why I just said that. Anyways, uh, league news. So, Nick, do you want to kick this off? Yeah, definitely. So, first thing I saw that was interesting was that Brandon Perlini of the Chicago Blackhawks essentially said he wants out. He wants a trade. His agent released a statement saying that he needs a change of scenery uh, via a trade and that he thinks that's the best case for that player. Was he originally drafted by Chicago? Do you know? I thought he... I thought he came over in that trade with Yeah, he was... He was on the Yotes, I think. Yeah, he was on the Yotes. So I don't know, you know, those two teams trade players more than, you know, college freshmen trade spit. So, (laughs) uh, you know, who knows? But I think it's just kind of surprising that a player who was a a decent bottom six player is already saying he wants out this early in the year. I think he's one of those guys... Kind of similar to what we said about Daniel Sprong when we had, uh, I believe it was Matt on. Um, yes. 
great offensive upside, but the two-way game just hasn't been established yet, and I think that's kind of leading to some frustrations as far as play time and. I know he's only like he has not played in every game this season. He's either been a healthy scratch or just left out of the lineup. So, well, if they're having him on the bottom six, they're getting him in there to you know get the get the grinders a couple points, maybe chip in a couple uh, you know points offensively that you're not really expecting from your main guns. But he hasn't really been doing that. He's not exactly a grinded out type of player. He's more of a skill guy. So he's just got to find his niche somewhere. Um, You know, I feel like he's like that player that is on your third line. But who still has hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. I would say almost like a Laura Zellerish. Yes, definitely. Yeah, not as good though. Fuck the Caps. <laughs> um, anyways, the Bruins are hot. They are seven one and two in their last ten. Uh, they kind of saved my week last week. I went one and two on the picks, but we'll get into that uh, a little later on. But. Uh, they are hot right now, and they just beat the wheels off the Blues 3 nothing last night. We're recording this on Sunday, so Saturday night. Uh, they look really, really good. David Pasternak looks like he's going to win the Maurice Richard. Seriously, he looks really good right now. Uh, they're scary. That yeah. top line is still clicking. Uh, like we said in our division preview on the Atlantic division, this is – Again, this is just going to be a team that's going to be there till the end. Uh, as I have much them going as, to the finals. Yeah, as much as I don't want them to, you know, be uh, in the finals again, I am starting to grow weary of them. And yeah, I mean, their power play looks sick. Uh, Marshan's a rat as always, and he's still getting it done. So yeah, what more can you say? Did uh, did you see what Gary Bettman said? Uh, the other day that okay we need to touch on this that was so funny hilarious so So funny you correct me actually i'll let you take it okay so gary bettman for those that don't know is the commissioner of the nhl probably the most booed man in sports i would say close to it close to it so every time he has to speak or you know does a trophy presentation it's just a rain of boos that get thrown down on this guy so there's times when i like you know i hate the guy but there's times when i'm like all right you know he's doing what he can and i feel bad for him He's funny. Like, he's low key. He's a troll. Yes. He kind of looks like one, too. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But the other day, someone asked him if the NHL has any intentions of altering its current playoff format. And his response was, I think the playoff format has served this league very well, unless you're a Leafs fan. Yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. So funny. Now, We've gone on rants on the podcast already before about the playoff format. Doesn't sound like they're going to change it. It really doesn't. I don't think they're going to. I think they kind of, let's be real, they changed the playoff format to force rivalries, marquee matchups in the second round. Yeah. And I think they're happy with the viewership that they're getting from that. So, I mean, the game, them being a business, they're not going to change things if numbers are good. Yeah. I mean, the viewers have definitely gone up, you know, since Batman has been in office so that you can't really complain with the numbers that he's generated but i don't know i just i really wish we could have like a caps penguins a leafs bruins round three that would be so nice but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen and leafs fans sorry you're still going to be stuck with playing the bruins in the first round seriously maybe one day uh but as of right now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen because the Leafs are kind of skidding off the grid a little bit. Yeah. I know Johnny T's hurt right now, but they have dropped. What is it? It's They're so annoying because, of course, they're like, yeah, they're in a little bit of a skid and everyone is freaking out. Yeah. Uh, they are. They've dropped three of their last five. 
So they've gone two and three, and people are freaking out. Exactly. It's like, calm down. Like, seriously. <laughs> There's literally no need to freak out. It's yeah. October. Um, speaking of October, as of right now, the four teams that are leading their divisions, two of which are predictable, two of which are coming out of nowhere. So your division leaders currently on October 27th are the Edmonton Oilers, the Buffalo Sabres, the Washington Capitals, and the Colorado Avalanche. What are your thoughts, Nick? So we know which two are the, I, I would say, expected ones, and that for me would be the Caps and the Avs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the surprises, I think, would be the Sabres and the Oilers. I know, obviously, we went through this last year with the Sabres, where they were first place in the league in the first half and then fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. I didn't think that the Oilers were going to have this good of a start. I feel like both the Sabres and the Oilers are going to plateau at some point. It's just kind of a question of when. Do you think right now that the Oilers and the Sabres or one of the two will be a playoff team? I think one of them will, but not both. And I really ha- I've, I've gone back and forth over this so many times, I really can't tell which one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the Oilers are weird. So I feel like I'm, now that I think about it, I might start to lean and say the Sabres. Yeah, because with the Oilers, it seems to be that they either shit pump whoever they're playing or they get shit pumped. Yeah. It's a it's a bipolar, you know, margin of loss. Whereas with the Sabres, it seems like, you know, they're get they have the same amount of wins as the Oilers right now. But their losses, I'm looking here, they all seem to be pretty much one goal games for the most part. So they're in every game that they're playing. The Oilers, you just you, you they've been very good, but there's always that night where you're like, I don't know which team's going to show up. And I feel like with Seriously. the Sabres, it's a little And more then with consistent. Larson being hurt, I mean, you know, yeah. The back end does raise a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, big time. But when you got the two workhorses up front, Seriously. it's hard to doubt them. Uh, they look great. and They're Jack, playing like 23 minutes a night each, which is forwards is... That's insane. That's absurd. That's unheard of, actually. Yeah. Uh, and Jack Eichel looks pretty damn good right now. He's eighth in the league in scoring up to this point. Uh, he's probably going to finish the month of October top 10 in scoring. That's exactly what the Sabres have been expecting of Jack. Hopefully he can keep that up. We both really like him. Casey Middlestat looks like a solidified second-line center. Uh, he's playing really good two-way hockey right now. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing, but it was the overtime game the other night. He literally just pickpocketed the puck, took it down, and then got the game-winning assist. And it was like, wow, that's a great play by him. He's a tremendously skilled player, one of those that we've touched on. We touched on this when we did the division preview. He just needed to adjust a little bit more, and then you're going to start to see his game flourish. Yes. Uh, the Avalanche, they look good. However, Miko Rantanen has a knee injury. Yeah, that was an awkward fall. It was a non-contact knee injury, and it looked really innocent, but those are always the ones that raise the most concern. I believe he is out for... Um, I'm going to say six weeks. I don't yeah, it's, it up in front of you me. know, especially with the way that this game is played being on skates and on the surface it is, if like an edge catches uh, or you're, you know, you toe pick or whatever, it's those ones that are scary, like you said, because there's no contact, but then you see the guy down on the ground and especially, you know, with the knee, that's, yeah, it's always, that's a, always a tricky one. It's going to raise concern. Um, and then the Capitals, we don't need to talk about them. On we the can. Next one. <laughs> All right, go on. All right, so just to, we're going to both recap, uh, you know, the state of the unions here. Uh, so <laughs> I I'm gonna, like we're going to start with the Caps. Uh, mixed feelings again. They are playing. They're playing well right now. Uh, still have some concerns with finishing games. Third period seems to still be a problem. 
minus the other night in Vancouver where the third period was the problem for the Canucks uh, if you didn't stay up late enough or you just didn't care to watch. The Caps went down 5-1 to one, uh, against the Canucks in Vancouver going into the third period and crawled their way back. Michael Kempney had two goals, and they ended up winning in a shootout. Should have lied bet. I should have lied bet that game. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever did, shout out to you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, they look good, though, man. I mean, I don't really think there's – I mean, they took the Oilers to overtime. You know, they, they lose on a three-on-three. Three. I don't know a team that's not going to lose the Oilers three-on-three. No, three. it was McDavid and Dreisaitl, so. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. But they look good. They're still first in the uh, Metropolitan. I mean, I, I said from the start, this is probably the most surefire – division winner in my opinion just because it's always the fucking capitals the nhl released their super 16 rankings the other day and the caps jumped from 12th to third yep sounds about right trending up i'm liking where this is going still have a couple questions but as of right now i'm happy as for my penguins uh you guys can fast forward if you really want to but you're gonna want to listen to this uh we just beat the Dallas Stars last night, 3-0. Matt Murray got his first shutout of the season. Thank fucking God. It's about time. Uh, Matty actually looks pretty good this year. I'm actually very surprised with how well that he's played so far. I think on the last episode, I was still kind of questioning him, but he's really stepped up uh, for us in the last couple games. We were on a five-game winning streak, went on a little three-game skid. Uh, we went on the Florida trip to... The Panthers, the Lightning, and I can't remember who we lost. And we lost to Vegas before that. So we went on a little three-game skid. We got back on track last night. Uh, Brandon Tanev looks way better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, that was a good pickup. Yeah, he is – I mean, I thought he was just a grit guy, but he had a nice little can opener goal the other night. Yep. Uh, That was sick. Got to love the can openers. Love the can openers. Uh, And then – we have Lafferty, who, as we mentioned a bajillion times already on this podcast, uh, looks really good for us. Jake Gensel, my first liner of last week, had three goals this week, so you're welcome. And Crosby, here we go. So last night he actually got hit in the head by a slap shot by Chris Letang. Uh, he actually did leave the game for a little bit and then returned. Uh, no further updates right now, but... He was holding his head with his head down against the boards in a lot of pain, and he was stomping his feet out of frustration. Uh, you got to really hope that this isn't going to fuck anything up. Uh, at least I do, because the Penguins are already depleted on you know all levels. So the troops are coming back. We got reinforcements coming, but hopefully everything will stay afloat for right now. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, Matt Martin and Tom Kunakel for the Islanders will be out four to six weeks with lower body injuries. The Nashville Predators are on a three-game winning streak and have been a puck line lock lately, so I would definitely start looking at that along with the Bruins. Those are the two teams that I've been rocking with lately. Uh, the LA Kings, uh, I just wanted to talk about them a little bit. I was watching them versus the Blues on last Wednesday night. The Kings really aren't bad. Um, no, they have some talent. I mean, obviously the older core is still there, but they have some young talent that's got some potential as well. Andre Kempe, yeah, in particular, he's, uh, he's filthy. I mean, he's working. He's on the uh, right half wall on the power play for them with the lefty shot, and he is quarterbacking that power play really well. Uh, they were in that game with the Blues for a little bit, and then the Blues kind of beat the wheels off him. Thank you for the puck line. Keep the change. Um, <laughs> but I would start saying the Kings could be a nice little underdog pick for Moneyliners. Definitely. Um, just something to look out for. I thought I'd mention that. 
And Nick, I believe you wanted to touch on the Heritage Classic. Yes. So last night, last night being Saturday, was the Heritage Classic. It was an outdoor hockey game played between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. I think my favorite part about this was the fact that they played this in the city of Regina, Saskatchewan. That's hot. That's an actual city name in Canada. So So thank you, Canada, for just making my day. (laughs) Um, Here's my thing. I, I love the outdoor games. I love the concept of them. I feel like one in four is actually a good game. Uh, yeah, I would probably agree with that. I, can you talk about the um, atmosphere and all that? So like obviously you if you do an outdoor game in Canada, like last night it was under the lights, it was snowing, it looked great. They did it in like a football stadium, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, CFL. Yeah, CFL. The problem I think we've seen with outdoor games the stadium series or the winter classic or what have you is all these outdoor games should be played in Canada yeah, because it looks so much better. Like we talked about how the, the first winter classic in Buffalo was the best one because you know, there was, it was just like a blizzard and Crosby scored the winner. Yeah. But more for the blizzard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But but then like, you know, even like the one that the caps did against the Blackhawks at Nats park, like that sucked. Like the caps won and it was like, you know, that's always nice, but yeah. Like it was sunny and it was in a baseball stadium. It's just weird. In I my think opinion. there's two real rules that there need to be. One, it needs to be played in a football stadium at all times. I yes. don't think the baseballs. I, I just don't like I, the the structure of the stadium. I feel like works better. Yeah. The two best ones so far have been the one at the Big House between the Leafs and the Red Wings. Yes. That was awesome. That and was then awesome. the Penguins versus the Sabers. Both games had snow, overcast up north where it should be. Yeah. You know, I, I get that they're trying to grow the game in untraditional markets. I, something about Dallas, I think. Uh, I can't remember if the yeah. Classic is somewhere I, there. I don't but, know. Um, you just got to keep it where it belongs because the reality is I don't think you're going to grow viewership the way you think you will if you're putting it in atmospheres where it's not going to thrive. I, I mean, agree. That's just that's just my opinion. Call me old school, whatever. You're, listening, like you to can... my, you're listening to my podcast, so right. fuck you, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think they need to keep it up north. I think they need to not do any more stadium series. I would do just the Winter Classic. I feel like it, the stadium series has taken away the what's the word I'm looking for? I guess uniqueness, the, the aura yes. of the Winter Classic. So, like you can you can still have these teams that aren't from up north in it. Just do it up north and ship them up there. Especially if you do it in Canada, of course people are still going to go watch it because what else are they going to do? But it's go ice like, fishing right, exactly <laughs> it, the whole baseball stadium thing i'm not a fan of the whole just doing it in you know random places and trying to fake the whole winter aesthetic like i know at the one at nats park they were like trying to spray paint the ground white to make it look like snow it's like yeah, it's it just stop keep it where it belongs yeah but anyways i think do you have anything else for catching up for our listeners the only other news tidbit i have and this is outside the nhl this comes to us from the always entertaining khl which is the top league in russia is that i don't know how to pronounce this team's name so i'm not even going to (laughs) try their coach was suspended for a while and then i think fined a decent amount of money for threatening to light a referee's car on fire are we sure this is the KHL and not the Long Island coach for the guys who <laughs> shitbagged in the hockey bag? Uh, my God, man. And then when asked about it, the Russian coach replied, I don't see the big deal. It's not like I threatened to light his house on fire. So, 
just uh, you can't make this shit up. You man. really can't make this shit up. And of course, you know it's Russia, so I would take it. That, you know, he's probably got guys that are already setting up to light this car on fire anyway. So we need to have a weekly segment, KHO headline, and just right. read the headline and look the just not even get into the story. Just read the headline. Right. Which six guys were suspended for having semi-automatic weapons in the locker room? <laughs> Uh, but, oh man anyways uh that'll do it for the uh catching up on the league since last episode uh we actually have another interview look at us we're big leaguers now uh we have an interview with current stevenson university defenseman bruce stachitis he was i hope i pronounced that right that sounds right to me yeah yeah sorry bruce if i fucked that up uh he joined us to talk about what it has been like to play at stevenson his experience up in rochester playing juniors uh his experience playing at mount st joe i actually played against bruce uh fun fact i never even talked to the kid once before uh i messaged him on instagram you know see if he wanted to come on i think uh you know, based on the pictures that I've seen of him and playing where he's played, I thought he would be a good selection for us, and he was kind enough to come on. So, so hopefully, you, you thought he looked good on Instagram, and then you I, sent him a DM. As I said that, I realized <laughs> how bad that sounded. I was like, I'm going to get absolutely roasted. I meant, like, I saw the jerseys he would wear, and I was like, oh, he's played here, he's played here. Right. Trust me, Bruce, I'm not stalking you, right. so sorry. Um but anyways, hopefully you guys enjoy this one, and we're going to toss it off to Bruce right now. Enjoy. And we would now like to welcome to the podcast, Bruce... God damn it. <laughs> I put a T in there. Bruce Stachitis. Bruce, thank you for coming on to the Empty Betters podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here, boys. No problem. Yeah, thanks for making the trip in this just lovely, not piss poor weather we're having just today. A, yeah, just a great Sunday, huh? Yeah. Looking, yeah. looking forward to the rest of the day. Um, so, you know, just so everybody gets a little understanding. So we actually, or I actually, uh, played against Bruce back in high school when he was playing for Mount St. Joe. Um, and we have a couple of mutual friends, you know, uh, Finns, if you're listening to this, yeah, I'm talking about you guys. Uh, but gave Bruce a little Instagram, uh, DM, and he was kind enough to not think I was a catfish and he came to Towson <laughs> and is, you know, doing an interview with us. So just want to say thank you for doing that. Um, you know, we're just trying to keep growing our base, I guess you could say is what it Definitely. is. Definitely. But, uh. Nick, do you want to start with the Yeah, so questions? I guess the place that I wanted to start was at the beginning. Uh, if you could just talk about where you grew up and how you first got into the sport of hockey. All right, so um, I'm a first-generation hockey player in the family. Um, Dad was a, a football guy all growing up. Um, grew up in Laurel, Maryland, you know, local local kid. Luckily, mm-hmm. was able to play my whole life. And um, one day, I was just kind of two or three years old, sitting on the couch watching, you know, the Caps game, and just silence. Just parents couldn't get anything out of me, like snapping in my face, like, hey, man, like, we got to go do this. And, like, I just wouldn't move, stare at the TV. And my dad one day just goes, hey, like, do you want to go ice skating? And just lit up. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. So started ice skating at two years old and then, nice. you know, got got the hang of it pretty quick because I love to do it and hop right into hockey year after that. Nice. That's awesome, man. And just kind of snowballed from there. Pretty much, yeah. So then what were sort of the first teams you played on, if you could just walk us through your playing career? Sounds good. Uh, so it was the Metro Maple Leafs. Nice. Started there, you know, and then played for Metro for a couple of years and then, of course, made the transition over to, to Tri-City. And then it was Tri-City from, I'd say, square year all the way through uh, first year midget. Wow. Damn. Yeah. It was yeah. a pretty... Your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eagle for life. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> 
And did that walk you, uh, you know, how did you get into playing in high school? I mean, you went to Mount St. Joe, so pretty decent program over there as a lot yeah. of private schools in the area has had. Uh, what was your team like? You know, were you varsity freshman year? Just walk us through that. So picking a high school for high school hockey was definitely tough. You know, we had DeMatha that was always very good yep. and dominant. Yeah. You know, Calvert Hall was on the come up, obviously. And then, you know, St. Joe was obviously in the, in the picture. And I went to a, a Washington District uh, private school. So obviously I could only apply to one Baltimore County school. So it kind of made it tough hmm. when, when making that decision. Huh. So it ended up being St. Joe over Calvert Hall. So Nice. Went with Mount St. Joe, um, came in freshman year, played JV, a um, little bit of the second varsity team that we had there. Mm-hmm. Um, did very well on the JV team, obviously. You know, it's not the, the best of hockey, but obviously it's right. fun. Yeah. And then, you know, getting to play up on the varsity second team and a little bit of practice with the, the top team that year was, was a good time. And then into sophomore year, played, you know, the varsity second team. Didn't really get the call up for the varsity team, was hoping to, you know, make that team that year, but didn't. And... Played a little bit of there, and then we ended up winning a championship at the varsity two level, which was really fun. Nice. It was a good time to just yeah. do that and, you know, play with the guys I've been playing with in, you know, club my whole life. Right. To play high school and then win a championship with them was good. Yeah, that's And then cool. into junior year was when, you know, full-time varsity, you're yep. playing yeah. against, you know, the best private schools in the state, right? You're playing pretty good hockey for some of the teams. Yeah, sure. And, you know, had, had a good year, but we didn't win anything. You know, same thing into senior year. We had a really good team. My senior year, a couple guys that were, I'd say we had like seven or eight seniors in my class. Wow. That all played, you know, double A hockey. So, like, and, you know, playing double A in Maryland, you're, you can play. You're not great, but like, exactly. you can play. And we had a lot of good players, and we just, you know, could have get it done in the MIA championship game and then obviously lost to, to Calvert Hall in the, the state playoffs. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, man. Um, so you just brought up a point that I wanted to touch on. So you said that you guys had like seven or so seniors your senior year or your junior year? My senior year. Your senior year. Yeah. Who was I, – I don't know the name. I think he was number three. He was a lanky defenseman. He was a really good skater. What was his name? And, you know, talk about – were you friends with him? I'm, I'm, I know this is kind of random, but I just remember I was like, man, this kid can really fucking skate. Yeah, that was uh, Michael LeClaire. I'll never forget that kid. He was a, he was a hell of a hockey player. He was, and he was actually uh, – ended up playing Division One lacrosse really? at wow. High Point University down in North okay. Carolina. He was huh. our stud lacrosse player as well yeah. and was also in – That's a nice-ass school. Oh, too. I've heard it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous, like, like country club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like ritzy, ritzy. Yeah, yeah I just remember he – he could wheel from like behind that and just go end to end like really smoothly. I mean, yeah. it, it was pretty rare where someone would you know pickpocket him in the neutral zone or something. He'd walk in easily for sure. He was one of the better players I remember playing against uh, in the area. Yeah, for sure. So I also want to touch on one other story. So you mentioned the the playoffs and all that. So I have a little story here. So I think it was my sophomore year. We were playing you guys in the MAPHL playoffs, and it was – it might have been the second game. I can't remember. Um, so I'm, like, fourth liner, brand new on the team. Like, I had a similar track to you, like, started JV, played, like, a little bit of the – we called it the V2 team. Yeah. Um, so we did that. So I'm, like, fourth line, like, maybe five minutes ice time. I'm just chipping the puck in. I'm, like, <laughs> it just, I just don't want to fuck up. So I have – I think I was using a Bauer Supreme. It's actually Nike Bauer. That's how old I am now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's electric Nike. brand. Yeah. <laughs> I think I still have one of those downstairs. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Uh, it was like a Nike Bauer 195 Supreme, and I had that stick forever. It was like 
five years old, and it still had the Marcus Naslin curve on it, which I think now is the Nick Backstrom. I can't yep. remember. But I love that stick, and I've used it all through youth hockey, and I do an innocent little chip in right over the blue line. I remember – were you number two? Is that what number you Yeah. Were? Yeah, I remember – you were a big kid, and I was like, okay. Like, I just get the puck deep before I go off. So you gave me – you were like – just trying to like you know make contact, not trying to kill me, but your skate hit my blade into like where the ice and the boards meet, and I could hear the crack in the blade, and I pull out the <laughs> stick, and it's just broken in half. I'm like, fuck. And I was like, I've never used like a different. Like I had a backup. I was like, I've never had to use. It. I think it was like a a yellow like wooden Sherwood or something. I was like, <laughs> like I had so much faith in that stick, but I remember I was like. Who's that kid? Like, yeah, I, he just fucking broke my stick. And, you know, Mike and Jack, they're yeah. like, oh, no, he's a nice kid. I was like, oh, okay. That was just an innocent play. But I, I just thought that was, you know, something funny that happened. That's actually how I got to, like, know your name is because I was like, who the fuck broke my stick? Who's that asshole mean, breaking my sweet 195, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's like then you talk to him afterwards. It's like, oh, don't worry, I ordered you another one. Sticks are in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I owe you one now. I guess I could bring you a nice, sweet uh, Stevenson STX. So you guys, um, do you get sponsored by STX? Yeah, that's our that's our team sponsor. That's so cool. So my, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So I played with um, a kid named Bryce Tucker who went to Gilman, and he played BYH with me growing up. His dad owns STX. Oh, really? So I remember when we were kids. Um, you know, they always did lacrosse, but when they started to do hockey, it was, like, right at the end of, like, my, like, BYH club career. He would bring in, like, maybe one or two prototype sticks. Like, these, this was before they even launched, so they didn't even know if they were going to do it. I was like, huh, like, why has this kid got an all-black stick? Literally just blacked out. Mm-hmm. Now they're pretty big. I mean, yeah. they've got they've got NHLers using yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Know, they've got you guys using yeah, them. Yeah, we had a couple of the uh, NHL guys actually come down to our rink with STX, and they yeah. did, a, a like, a big photo shoot there. That's so cool. I mean, JT Miller. Nice. Trocek. Mean, Trocek was there. Yeah. Like, all these big-name guys were there. Just in, you know, Owings Mills just out yeah. there ripping around with STX gear, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's crazy. I mean, there's just brands that are coming up that, you know. I mean, still, I think CCM dominates, but I'm getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. um, another question I had is, you know, how did playing hockey at a higher level sort of shape who you are as a person now? I think uh, so. Obviously, playing hockey in this area, it's it's Maryland, right? It's yeah. still on the, it's still on the rise. There's still a lot to Definitely. be made in this area for the hockey community. And you know, when I moved away from home, my uh, right after I graduated high school, I moved up to Rochester, and that's kind of where the the, the midget major and uh, okay. junior career kind of kicked in. Yeah. And that's kind of where you kind of find out yeah. if you can you know play at the next next level or not. And you know, it's tough, obviously, moving six hours away from home after being, you know, a homebody your whole sure. for 18 years, right? I didn't do it till after high school. Yeah. Right. So, but like, you know, playing with a bunch of different kids, playing in a different area, having, you know, different coaches, it really helps, you know, kind of see who you are as a player, see if you're adaptable to like environments, right? Yeah, sure. And, you know, obviously playing at those, you know, those higher levels that you're going to, you're going to adapt yourself and try and, you know, want to be better, get better, you know, create better habits on and off the ice, you know, so you can keep up out there. So you're not, you know, not playing, you're not sitting on the bench, right. you know, trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah. I mean, essentially when you're playing at that level, it becomes your full-time job. Yeah. hundred percent. So, I mean, I'm sure it consumed your entire life. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, it, you think yes, you think no, but you know, there's, you know, there's days you wake up, you're at the rink from, you know, especially in juniors, you're at the rink from 10 o'clock till, you know, four or five o'clock. And then obviously you have your nights and afternoons, but I mean, it's, it's all day. I mean, it's still, you still get it in college here too, where it's, 
right. you know it's pretty overwhelming sometimes with with hockey because it's it, it is a job right it's yes. you got your school and then obviously you got your hockey and you know if you're not up to par there you, there's always the next man up definitely how was your team up in Rochester? Were you guys good? Um, so my midget major year, we were actually pretty good. We was uh, the first year of the USPHL. Okay. Um, you know, we had some pretty pretty nasty teams in our league. We had South Kent Prep School, which had I'd, a couple uh, NHL draft picks, you know, a couple Jesus. D1, like lots yeah. of D1 guys. Yeah. And um, we ended up playing them in the, in the playoffs the first round. And, you know... Kind of bite, bite the horn there, <laughs> right? With, uh, with all the, right there. <laughs> they, they came in buzzing, you know, yeah. tore us apart real fast. But, I mean, we had a pretty good team. We made the playoffs. We had a couple uh, – we had me and uh, Zach Arden, another guy from, from this area, you know, go up there, a couple overage guys playing, you know, a second-year midget major. Right. We, had a, we had a pretty good team. But, you know, obviously when you face a, a team like that, it's, yeah. it's tough to get through them sometimes. Definitely. So going off of that, who are, you know, some of the best players that you've ever had to play with or against? Um play against i'll have to go to my my rookie year junior a we are uh, playing in the usphl premiere which is now i guess the ncdc mm-hmm. okay um you know we played against south shore kings and i mean even those like the new jersey hitman some of those like the hitman yeah. i remember that last year in our playoffs they had 25 guys on the roster 21 of them are committed to division one wow so wow. <laughs> yeah so it's like you know you're going to those games you're like oh like i'm gonna give it my best but like yeah realistically it's gonna it might turn out worse than right. you expected but um off the top of my head i'd have to say um ryan donato wow Jesus Christ. donato was a was a that kid was something else man it was That's i was sick. 18 he was probably 16 at the time it was uh he played with south shore it was right before he got called up to the u.s program mm-hmm. and i mean if effortless yeah. out there for that kid oh, i'm sure at 16 yeah. years old playing against you know 20 year old men like yeah effortless dangling everybody jesus. coast to coast jesus and then uh, another kid on the team same he actually played his first game for pittsburgh this year uh john marino a defenseman let's go yeah so i'm a huge penguins fan yeah so obviously i'm like i get nerdy so we had um when we had costa and ryan on they were talking about sam lafferty uh he 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 just made his nhl debut like three weeks ago and he's playing pretty well they played him in um one of the tournaments that they mentioned john marino right yeah so the Penguins actually just traded Eric Goodbranson, yep. I think, last night officially to the Ducks. And the main reason for that is because this Marino kid is good. I yeah, mean, he oh, can, kid's, he's basically replaced him. Kid's, I mean, kid's insane, man. He was, yeah. a, he was a 97 when I was a 95, right? And he was playing, yeah. you know, the same thing as Donato. And, wow. Yeah. I mean, he like, can, yeah. I'll never forget we played a game uh, in Islanders Hockey Club, but they played at Merrimack's Rink, and yep. we're playing against South Shore. And Marino's playing, Donato's playing. You know, you look up in the stands, and it's just, you know, Pittsburgh, Calgary, like all these NHL oh, sure. scouts, you're like, you get all fired up. You're like, oh, maybe I can <laughs> catch an eye real quick. And realistically, those guys want nothing to do with you it's there, like, right? Really like yes. looking down, and the second that kid hops on the ice, they're like, all right, I'm gonna pay attention. Hundred percent, yeah. And that, like, that's it was awesome playing against those that's guys awesome, because I mean, it's like I said, they were two, three years younger than me and just out there, just yeah. tearing it apart. Dude, I mean, you're two studs. I mean, Marino's gonna be a top six. You know, D-man going forward, I would imagine, for the rest of the season. Donato's over in Minnesota, I think, yep. now, right? Yeah. Um, so. And they actually look decent lately. Lately, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, he, he. I think uh, Donato had a pretty solid ending to the season last year after yeah. he got Yeah, I think he was, Boston. like, the one bright spot to that team, Yeah. Uh, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, if you had to compare your style of play to an NHL player, who would it be and why? <sighs> Tough question on the spot there. Yeah. Uh, you could also say who you you know look up. To. Yeah. yeah, I exactly. mean, so 
the time when I started to really take, I'd say, take hockey seriously, right, and you know, make that transition to play a midget major was when John Carlson was uh, fucking right busting into yeah. the busting into the NHL, <laughs> and I actually wore seventy four my first year midget major in Rochester because of John uh, Carlson. Yeah, yeah well, he's and pretty good right Johnny now. Oh, that guy's something else, man. Yeah. He's he's. I mean, even when he was younger, you know, he scored that World Junior goal in overtime yeah. to yeah. to beat Canada. I mean, in Hershey, he was. You know, lights out, Sick. and just the way he played, right? He was, you know, good in the defensive end, but when it came to offense, like he always, always, found a way. exactly. Yeah. So I've always tried to just model my game, right? You know, defense first, and then sure, you know, get up in the play and play a little bit of offense. Definitely. Uh, Fishbowl or cage? Uh, I've done them both. Okay. I've always. <laughs> We wore fishbowl. Actually, our whole team did. My midget major year, we all wore fishbowls, okay. which was pretty fun. But. uh I, I'm a cage guy now. We're a cage at school. Yep. I just think, I mean, the fishbowl's nice, but, like, man, when it fogs up, that, that shit's annoying. Like, yeah. you're sitting there every two, uh, after a shift, you got to take your helmet off, wipe it out with a towel. It, like, and then put it back on. you got to make sure you put pledge or, you know, shampoo on it before a game yep. or something's not going to be right. Like, I, yep. I'm totally okay with just strapping on a cage and just <laughs> throwing my face into the wall and not have to worry about a scratch or anything. Definitely. Uh, white tape or black tape? 100% black tape. Okay. I do throw the wax on there, though, you know, yeah. keep the snow off, but definitely yep. black tape. Okay. Uh, do you have any weird hockey superstitions at all? Um, I'd say, actually, as I've grown up and played later, the superstitions really kind of went away. I'm more of, like, a, a loosey-goosey guy before okay. games. I don't like to – I used to get all tense and, yeah, right. you know, headphones on, listening to music, just getting in your own head, trying to get yourself all pumped up. and. Yeah. I kind of got to a point where I was like, man, like, oh, I don't need to do that, right? Like, I just kind of no effect on. No, it, yeah, it doesn't have any effect on it. So, like, you're just either going to go out there and play well, or you know, you're not. Have so, you like seen like any of your teammates or someone you played against that they just have like a superstition that's like this dude is a complete head case? Um, oh yeah, I actually have one of my teammates now um, <laughs> at school. This kid, like, he, I mean, he sleeps with he slept with his sticks. Okay, like, that's. Like, slept with his oh yeah, he's like slept with his sticks before. Like he'll bring him home and like that's just, board, all right, that's like overboard. Yeah. I like, mean, <laughs> if you got to break a, a drought, I guess you got to do what you got to do, right? Oh, but I really love hockey. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I mean, I'd say anything from like if his like he's sharpened his skates every day, like yeah. he leaves his sticks in a certain like position every day, like. I mean, do you guys fuck with him with it? Does he get upset or no? We used to, but it got to a point where, like, okay. if you do, like, it just makes it so worse. It's just yeah. a downward, downward, case, you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it'll get, it'll get ugly sometimes, but then there's other times where you're like, man, like he's, he's a sick player, too. So, like, yeah, so, like, I don't want to Yeah, exactly. Him. You're like, oh, man, like, if we get in his head, like, we're just going to bring him down even more. So we might as well just try and help it out as best as we can. Right. Uh, what's like your favorite hockey memory, you know, like a cool tournament you played in, like, you know, a specific championship game you might've played in just something like that. So this will go back to, to high school hockey at Mount St. Joe. I think the first time I've ever played in front of a packed house was the wounded warrior game. My senior year, we played Damatha, mm -hmm. you know, you do the, the camouflage jerseys. We had sweet, you know, purple, black and white and gray oh, digital cool. camo jerseys. Nice. Um, and that was my, like I said, first time kind of playing in front of a and I'd say big crowd. I mean, you know, the Patrick Rick and Laurel, it's not massive, but if you fill that place, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty loud. So like that, that was a pretty cool game. I'll never forget. We were playing DeMatha obviously. And we were, we were down, I think four, three or something like four, two. And they're just whole student sections, just giving it to me. Just Bruce, Bruce, like <laughs> do something out here, man. Like, what are you doing? You're relevant. And they're just roasting me the whole time. And I'm just, ah, oh, I was just so rattled. I've just broke a stick after the game. Right. Like, yeah. 
one of those games you want to win. And then obviously we play them on, you know, Monday, right after we played them Friday yeah. night and we shit pumped them like five nice. to one or something nice. like that. Like just turn around and buried them the next time, which was pretty, which felt good. Obviously right. the crowd was from a full house to maybe 15, 20 parents, but scoreboard don't lie. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It was, it was nice to kind of turn around and pump them. Nice. Um, who wins the Stanley cup this year? I mean, not to be biased, but obviously the boys, Jeez. the boys in red, white, and blue, the Capitals, right. of course. But I mean, <laughs> I'm actually going to quit soon. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking? The next person that says Caps, I'm. <laughs> but to to get away from the bias, I mean, the Colorado, the Colorado Avalanche, man, that's yeah. a that's a hell of a team to watch right now. I mean, that's we were we were watching the highlights this morning. Kale McCarr, man, that kid's He's sick. lights the out. Fake drop pass he oh, did the other night. Open up his oh, hips and God. just beat what three guys wide. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like it was crazy. That guy's something insane. Yeah. Uh, what's the best chirp you've ever heard? <sighs> best chirp I've ever heard. I mean, there's a lot of bad chirps. Like yeah. a lot of bad chirps. I mean, I guess the best one I've ever heard was actually it wasn't ever to me. It was okay. to one of my teammates at college. Now he played for the Portland Pirates, and they were playing the Boston Junior Bruins, and they had this center Ryan Clunan who ended up going to BU. Kid was, I mean, yeah. like I said, these like some of these players were like I play against. I'm like, man, like the fact they played against some of these guys is, yeah. you know, something else. And they were playing Portland, and they're just grilling them from the bench, like at a face off. And he just turns around, looks on their whole bench, and he goes, "I have more Division One offers than all of you guys have combined." <laughs> <laughs> and their whole bench just went silent. Like everybody's just grilling, grilling, grilling to just silent. And he, just, they all just like look at each other, and they're just like, "I don't even know." Say back from that. Like, uh, yeah, like, I, like no, like I would know what to say. Like, yeah, you do. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we actually um, haven't really gotten into the most interesting part of your career that I would say personally for me is Stevenson, right? So, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Stevenson is the only NCAA program in the state of Maryland. Yep, I, it is. Yeah, right. Only NCAA program. The closest team to us is Newman up in Aston. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's. Yeah, so, I mean, what are your road trips like? I mean, that's got to be kind of brutal. <sighs> I mean, depends on the year. Uh, last year, we actually drove to Wisconsin for you during drove? our Thanksgiving break. Yeah, 15-hour oh, wow. bus trip. Oh, we went up there to play St. Norbert's. And I mean, I mean, 15 hours, no sleeper bus, so you're sleeping on the floor. Ugh. You know, the bus, bus seats aren't comfortable, right? No. I was sitting on the bus last night just dreading it the whole time. Like, man, I get me <laughs> off this thing because it's just not – it's not ideal. Yeah. And uh, But, I mean, an average trip, I'd say five, four to six hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what are you doing, like, on those, you know, trips to pastime? Are you, like, a video game guy, you know? Yeah, I like video games. We, okay. we watch movies. I, I'll sleep. I'll try and sleep as yeah. much as I can. I think that, that passes the time. I mean, when you're sitting there on your phone, I feel like it takes forever. You're just checking how far you are away on the maps. Yeah. You're, like, you'll scroll through Twitter or something. You're like, oh, I feel like I've been scrolling through Twitter for an hour. It's been five minutes, yep. you know? Right. So I say sleep, you know, watching movies. The boys, we'll play, we'll play card games here okay. or there. But I mean, like I said, we don't have a t- we don't have a crazy nice bus. We just have one of those academy charter buses. Yeah, so yeah. it's there's no tables, there's no beds. It's just okay. right, rows right. of seats. So do you want to touch on how your guys' season has started off? Um, how your experience has been there so far? Some of the teams in your uh, conference. I think people would be kind of interested to know about that. For sure. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, we started my freshman year, first year program, and we've been pretty pretty good. We've been yeah. you know. A 500 team, I guess you could say, but like you know, my sophomore year we were like 
10, 10, and 9. We tied like nine games that year. Ended up being second in the conference and getting a bye, which was, you know, nice. and we won our uh, – so we're in two conferences. We're in the UCHC, which is our main conference, and then we're in the MAC, which is our school conference, and that only consists of four teams. Okay. So that's that's just you know, a regular season championship. If you if you win it – if you win the games in the season, you win the championship. Okay. So we ended up winning the first year of that, my sophomore year. You know, got to the playoffs and lost to, to Elmira in the, in the semifinals, which, you know – Hurt a little bit, but uh, into this year, um, I mean, we're we're two weeks in. You know, Division three. You start October seventh, and you got you know two and a half, three weeks to your first game. It's kind of like the right. the NHL training camps. You don't really have a lot of time. You're, you're in and you're going right away. Um, you know, we started off a couple two a days, six a.m. and one thirty. It was yeah, it's rough. Brutal days, long sure. days. You know, trying to get through them yeah. and. Uh, you know, played a couple preseason games already. Played Lebanon Valley last weekend. Uh, beat them in overtime, two to one. And then, you know, just got back last night from playing Manhattanville and lost to them, unfortunately, two to one. Thank you, refs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, my coach doesn't hear that. Or I'll just grill me again for saying that. <laughs> we'll cut that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So, one thing I'm kind of interested about is you mentioned your freshman year. It's a brand new program, right? And not only is it a brand new program to the school, but this is like the only one in Maryland, as we just said. So you kind of almost feel, and I, you know, if you compare it to the NHL, you're almost like an expansion team of some sort. Like, what was kind of the vibe in the locker room of guys like being there? Like, were they were they coming to Stevenson to play hockey? Like, was the what was the recruiting process like? Considering you had never had a team before, just want to touch on that. The recruiting process. I mean, we had 46 guys. Oh my god! Come in. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, everyone came in with the with the thought that they were going to play, right? And you know, you get to that first day of captains' practice in September, and it's just cutthroat mentality. I mean, yeah. guys, oh, are, of course. guys are laying each other out. We had a guy get a concussion the first day. Like, Ugh. it's you know, you're, you're trying to make a roster of 30 guys, so 16 guys are you know, they're they're come here and they're gone after freshman year. I mean, they can stay if they want, but they're obviously not going to play. Right. So it was a, it was a really cutthroat mentality. I mean, it was next man up. You made you know, you make a mistake, you're not going to play. It was it was wow. pretty easy for. You know, Dawes to decide that we had, like I said, we had you know a lot of guys. We got six lines and ten D yeah. at that time, so it was really easy to you know pull a guy out and put a guy in. That's sure, especially you know with nothing to lose as a first year program. You know, if you do well, you do well. If you do bad, it's your first year. It's yeah. it's gonna happen. So that's pretty cool. Man. So for a situation like that, you know, the type of player you are, were you more in the mindset of I'm gonna go out and just try and make a name for myself, or you're like I'm just gonna stick to my game and that'll carry me through this? Um, I think it's more or the less trying to go out and make a name for yourself and trying. It's kind of a mix of both, I'd say, because okay. I mean, knowing when to and when yeah. To not. So like you know, you don't want to be cocky. You don't want to be in coming in like oh like I'm you know the shit. I'm this. Right. I'm that. You know. Obviously, like guys, like I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I did it. I had it at, at one point where you come in, you're kind of confident. You're like, oh, sure. I'm playing junior. I'm playing every game. My junior team you're playing a pretty good league. Like, yeah. I think I'll be all right coming here. And then you get here, and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not all right. Like, right. there's some, you know, you got some good players you'll play against or play with, and they're. I mean, at the end of the day, they're your buddies, but they're also trying to take your job. So exactly. It's it's just point. a battle every day. You got to just make sure you're. Yeah. ready to go and if you're not it's it's a slippery slope and you, you'll yeah. fall down real fast so, i've kind of had my own oh, no, you know you, no, you go. own path with that right i've gotten i got in trouble my freshman year with uh drinking obviously you know being 21 year old on campus it's yeah. you're having the time of your life yeah and definitely. you know so then you know you get in trouble and then you don't play the first game and then 
you know, you're kind of already on the coach's bad side. So then it's, like I said, the, the, the slope is just really slippery and it's, sure. you know, you can kind of get your way up and then one little mistake and it's just, you're sliding right all the way back, back down. down. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So I actually only have one more question. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've touched on the whole hockey career that you've had and you seem to have a lot of cool experiences. So, you know, what would you say is the one part of your game that you've always been able to stick to that's helped you get to where you are? Like, what's that one trait that you have that's a fallback where you're like, okay, I have a good chance at getting on this team or winning this game because this is what I do best? Um, I, I'd have to say my uh, – my offensive mentality, I guess you'd say, as a defenseman, I, I do like to get up in the play. I like to, I mean, I've been a, always been a power play guy. Right. I've always been, you know, that guy to get out there on the point to make sure to get a shot through. So I think that's always been a good thing for me. I've always had a very good, you know, shot, a good sense of the ice, you know, getting pucks through and things like that. So that's always been, you know, a key part for me. Um, you know, like I said, the, the vision of the ice too, I just, for some reason when I'm out there, it's just, I can see the ice real well. Like it just, I mean, anywhere, anytime, it helps. Yeah, it, help, <laughs> it kind of helps, especially, you know, I'm not the best of skaters, but I'd say my skating's kind of come a long way since, since, you know, well, I was 18, but right. you know, with being able to see the ice, it'll help with your skating a little bit. You can kind of, you know, get your angles down, Definitely. you know, yeah. know to, when to make certain plays. You almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It kind of guides you into, you know getting past your flaws but i mean there also are times where you know guys that are just faster than you are just gonna yeah. gonna beat you yeah but well said yeah, yeah. You so you me. said that uh john carlson is i would assume that's your favorite current nhl player right now if you had to pick one all time that was your favorite player who would it be and why all time i'd probably have to say scott stevens that's a great one that guy yeah. i mean that guy was something else right he could he could score six points a night or he could beat every guy's face murdered, in right like guys a night. <laughs> yeah like it was that guy was you know that's a guy that you want to kind of play like, it's tough to play the way he did you know in this day and age they're yeah. trying they're softening up the game a little bit get like 25 games oh you, yeah you'd be you'd be you would play maybe once every right. every two weeks <laughs> but yeah like, like i mean that guy was he was hard everywhere he was hard in the d zone he was hard in Definitely. the o zone you know he was a great player to kind of look up to as a younger kid and then obviously you know when john carlson came in it was an easy transition into you know trying to follow him for sure well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a blast, and uh, I think we should make a trip out to see you guys I was play. Just about to say, I think we're gonna have to make a trip over to the Sportsplex and Definitely. Uh, check out a Stevenson game. Absolutely, fun. Absolutely, our home opener is uh, next Saturday against okay. Kings at seven o'clock. So, you heard it here first. <laughs> first <for me>. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So go out, catch the game. We'll be there. And uh, thanks again. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Bruce, for an awesome interview. Uh, that was great. Hopefully, all that was you a lot guys, of fun. Yeah, hopefully, all you guys listening uh, really enjoyed that one. I thought he was very open about everything and gave some really good insight on his experiences playing hockey. So, uh, as we mentioned, we got to make it out to a Stevenson game. Maybe definitely. Maybe do a little uh, meet up or something. Get those guys a couple more fans. Uh, you know, maybe maybe empty betters can bring you uh, Stevenson guys a little a little more excitement at the home games. Get a bigger crowd. Yeah, and provide some content for us. It's a win win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Let's get into this week's picks, and then we'll recap last week's picks after. So, Nick, what is your puck line pick for this week? So my puck line pick from the week uh, going off, you touched on the Bruins earlier. I'm taking mm. them on the puck line over the Sharks on Tuesday night. That is who I have, too. Nice. Yeah, so we're going to double down. Uh, 
we don't give each other our picks before this, so we don't plan this. What I will also say is, fuck it, I'm going two puck lines this week. I'm feeling wild. We're going to go Bruins over Sharks. I'm also going to pick the Predators over the Blackhawks on the same night. Both those games are Tuesday night. It's in Nashville, right? It is in Nashville. I like that a lot. They're on a heater, like I mentioned earlier in the episode. So I'm going to go with those two puck lines for the week. Who do you have for your money line? So my money line is going to be the Colorado Avalanche against the Florida Panthers on Wednesday. That's in Denver, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Colorado's hot, and I'm looking to just keep that thing going. Yeah, you just got to ride it till it don't work anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I am going ballsy on this one. I have the New York Rangers beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in MSG on Tuesday night. I do not know why. It might this work. Is... They're essentially the same team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, I, I don't know. I just This is one of those picks where it's just like I envision waking up at 6 a.m. to go to work. I look at the NHL app and I go, oh. That could it's, happen. It's 4-2. to two. Like, yeah. Cool. That, I don't know why. I can't reason with it, but I've been good trusting my gut lately, so fuck it. So who do you have for your over-under? I have the LA Kings versus the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday night. Uh, it's in LA. I think the over/under will probably be at six. I think it's going to be about a five-two, four-three game somewhere in there. I think the Canucks are going to win, um, but I'm going to go with my over gut instinct on that. How about you? Nice. So my over. Uh, so pay attention. This is really important if you pay attention to gambling trends. I'm going to take the Caps Leafs over on Tuesday night, and here's why everyone should be taking this. In the Caps' last 10 games, the over has hit nine times. Jesus. So I'm just going to run through these real quick. Since October 8th, they this this is just the scores and the teams they played against. Dallas, 3-4. to four, Nashville, 5-6. to six, Colorado, 3-6. to six, Toronto, 4-3. to three, New York Rangers, 5-2. to two, Chicago, 5-3. to three, Calgary, 5-3. to three, Edmonton, 4-3. to three, And Vancouver, 6-5. to five. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> well, see you Tuesday. <laughs> so I guess the Hawks over has kind of like stopped hitting for us. And I think this is kind of the new one. The new one yeah. so far. Yeah. Not good for Hopi getting that one in that meaty contract. No, next and year. I don't like it because then his save percentage goes to shit and the GAA goes up, but whatever. Um, I like that pick. And I like how you just explained your reasoning behind that. Uh, I'm kind of, I mean, my two puck line picks, I feel like have decent stats to back it up with the recent heaters that those teams have been on but my money line and my over under is gut instinct and nothing more than that and i usually end up doing best when i do that so you know take bets at your own will um you know as always we're not responsible for losing money or anything like that so you also pay attention to the goalies that are in we were always assuming that for if we're picking a puck line or a money line that it's going to be a starting goalie in so definitely um if there's a backup in then that's on you to check that you can usually find who the starting goalie is on dailyfaceoff.com or uh if you have the nhl app and you look under the preview tab they usually post it around like three or four in the afternoon yeah you'll get it about two hours before game time so there's always something to look for with that yeah, and those always do factor into the odds a little bit, so it's always good to pay attention to who's in net. Yes. So uh, how did your picks end up last week? So this was the first week I actually did not win more than I lost on paper because I made up for it with the Bruins over the Blues on Saturday night. Uh, that was my last-ditch effort, and thank God it hit. Puck line, thank you. Uh, plus 150, keep the change. Nice. 
But last week's picks did not go great. I had the Lightning puck line versus the Penguins. That did not hit. They won in a last-second one tee from Victor Hedman. They won 3-2, I believe. Yes. Oilers money line versus the Wild did not hit. What a joke. I don't even know what to say. It looked like I was watching a fucking peewee team. Seriously. That uh, was like you talked earlier about like which Oilers team is going to show up. Exactly. And that was the bad one. Exactly. And then I had the Red Wings Senators over on Wednesday night, which you actually said last podcast was the lock of the week, and it did hit. It was a 5-2 to two game. So I went 1-2 and two last week. My win was on the over-under, and my two losses were on the money line and the puck line. Nice. So my... I had I went two and one this week. The two that hit my money line was the Hurricanes over the Blackhawks on Saturday, and that hit. Uh, my puck line was the Sabers at the Red Wings on Friday, and that hit two to you know two to nothing. Can't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, and then the one that I didn't hit, which I was really surprised by, was my Hawks Knights over that missed. Yeah, what was that like a two one game or yeah. something? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, but, well, uh, on to the next one. Yep. Uh, Next up, first liner versus fourth liner. For my fourth liner, I'm going to start with the fourth liner this time, I have Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has one goal and six assists through nine games with a minus three rating. Uh, I would say that the seven points in nine games isn't horrible, but they're probably expecting a little more out of Halsey. The one goal through nine games is not great. Uh, That's really why I'm picking him here. He's got to be the leading goal scorer on that team. For sure. That's, that's just, why he was brought there. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah. And he's really not doing himself any favors uh, if he's going to try to get a big, meaty ticket next summer. So I agree. He's got. I think he will step it up, but for right now, I'm going to say maybe lay off the Taylor Hall train a little bit. Nick, who's your fourth liner? My fourth liner is going to be Jonathan Taves of the Chicago Blackhawks. So He's been a fourth liner for like five years now. Yeah, so <laughs> he's played nine games, and he has two points. I think one tuck and one apple, and he's a minus five through those nine games. What happened? I don't know. I really don't know. This was being called the best player in the league for a five-year for, span. For and a while. Falling off the map. Seriously. Really falling off the map. Uh, kind of surprising because I yeah. think he carries – I mean, I would imagine that he takes care of himself really well. He's yeah, training hard I in the offseason, but he just can't get it together lately. Yeah, so for, for those of you fantasy players or fan duel DraftKings, whatever, that see the name and think it's still a household name, I think you've kind of got to question that now, and I would really just take him out of your lineup as soon as possible. Yeah, I would completely agree. Uh, for my first liner for the week, I have Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers. Through nine games, he has five goals and seven assists for 12 points. Uh, he looks really fucking good. He's had two highlight real goals already this season. Fun fact, he's only 22. I feel like this kid's been in the league for like for a while, for like now. seven years. He's been or in for at least three seasons, right? Yeah, he has been. Um, but he looks really good above a point per game right now. Uh, Philly is looking okay, but you know, I as I said, I think they're going to pick it up. Uh, I would end up using Konechny on. Any waiver wire pickup or fan duel of your choice. Nick, who's your first liner? My first liner is going to be Braden Shen from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he's got eight goals so far. Yeah. And for a guy that's sort of got a sandpaper finish to him, <laughs> this is a good pickup. Yeah. No, he looks really good. Uh, the Blues look meh, but exactly. he's been a bright spot for them. Um, I think two of his, I think, what is it, three of his eight goals have been on the power play, I think I saw just now before we started. So. Uh, he's getting it done on the power play, uh, and that's really all we got for the picks and first versus fourth liners for the week. Nick, is there anything else 
that you need to add? I can't think of anything else. Uh, our tailgate is essentially a week away now. So this is the last episode before yeah. tailgate. Guys, I could not be more excited for this. Please, 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 please. We are not lying. This is going to be a lot of fun. Please show up. We are going to get there early as shit. We're going to get our spot ready this Sunday, November 3rd, I believe. Yes. The tailgate will start around 3 o'clock. The game is at 8.30. Baltimore Ravens, New England Patriots, come by. We got food. We got drinks. We got everything. So, you know, we're going to have a good time. If you want an invite on the Facebook page, let me know. Uh, You can also find it if you so desire. Uh, But it's going to be a really good time. We'll have games and stuff. Uh, Come by. Hang out. Uh, If you've been a guest, definitely come by. We definitely want to hang out with our guests. And, you know, people can talk to them and whatever. So, please, we're, we're, you know. We're putting a lot of effort into this, so it'd be nice to see a good turnout. Definitely, and we will be collecting donations at the tailgate for the fundraiser that we are doing. Uh, keep up the donations; we've received quite a few, which is nice. But uh, we'd like to see a little bit more. You know, this is for a great cause, and obviously, you guys have a chance to win something out of it too. So uh, we'll see you there. Yeah, and just a reminder off what Nick is saying: we're talking about our American Cancer Society fundraiser. We're doing that through the end of the month of November. All you need is to donate. $5. That's it. 5 bucks to get into the entry. Uh, it's for a good cause. At the end of the month of November, we will be doing a random selection. And the winner, must have donated, obviously, uh, will be getting a free hockey jersey on the Empty Betters crew. It's for a good cause. We'll be taking donations, like Nick said, at the tailgate. Uh, but other than that, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode Thank you, everybody. We are through the single digits. The numbers keep, by single digits, I mean, we're finally, we're, I can't believe we're on episode 10 next week. I know, it's crazy. Um, the subscriber count keeps growing. Uh, this has, you know, been obviously a ton of fun. We always say it every episode, thank you so much to our listeners. Yeah, thank you, guys. This it's, has been a lot of fun. It's really weird going out in, like, public and people go, oh, how was your, the wedding in Milwaukee? I'm like, how the hell did you know I went to Milwaukee? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like semi-famous in, like, a 10-mile radius. But, yeah, right. that's pretty cool. So... Uh, Thank you, everybody, and without further ado, class dismissed.